Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without a lot of geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about tech that's important to us and important to you. Speaking of important to us, we want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your bank. Even if you do, though, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you are in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important to banks, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they'll help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net, call 225-308-3700, or email them info at cardinalcap.net. Okay, Mr. Davis, let's start off with a little, little tech gumbo here go into some news and updates to start the new year. Sounds good. First story we want to talk about, police found 225 million stolen passwords on a hidden cloud server. That is a disturbingly high number. You know, well, you know, we're not sure how many unique people that ties to, how many passwords per person were stolen, but... There's now over uh, 613 million passwords that exist in this data set that they're trying to tell people, hey, if you're in this group, you need to go start changes of passwords because they're exposed. And the website to go to is haveibeenpawned.com, and that's P-W-N-E-D. There's no A in the, in the pawned portion of, it, of, the, of the website. But you can go there and just type in the password that you, if you only use one password, it'll let you know if that password's been compromised. It, if you use a bunch of different passwords, and we hope that you do, you can try a few of your passwords to see if they're, if they're safe or not. If they've, been, if they've shown up in these databases of 613 million passwords, maybe a good idea to change your passwords. Yeah. This is, it's a lot of people who have been exposed to this. Today's release brings the total cap password counts uh, 38% higher over the last one. So they're just continuing to be able to find more people who have been exposed and trying to let them know. So if you think that might be you, think it could be you, it's H-I-B-P, have I been bond? And, oh, I, I'm, I misspoke. It's five and a half billion passwords that have been collected throughout the years that this, this this site has been around so it's it's not just it this is just another 225 more they've added into the system plenty of people who need to do some analysis on themselves absolutely and speaking of analysis our friends at starlink they're not quite getting the analysis they're looking for right now 
yeah, they found that their speeds have actually dropped by about 10% uh, between quarter two and quarter three. They were up almost at 100 megabits per second, and they're now down to just below 90. And this is kind of one of those things that we were worried might happen. Yeah, they've been adding a whole lot more people to the system. They haven't had a big, huge increase in the number of satellites recently. I mean, they've been a steady 50 kind of so or every so often, but they're they're not up to the 2,500 satellites that they're looking for. And these aren't the second gen. Most of these new ones they're putting up are the second generation satellites that are laser linked, which Starlink has said will greatly increase the speeds and everything. So as it's getting more satellites up, it will get faster. But on the flip side, compared to the competitors of any kind of satellite-based internet access, it is still a four-to-one speed ratio. Oh, absolutely. If you're currently using QSnet or Viasat, you know, 100%, you should get in line for Starlink because it is wildly faster. But if you're someone who has access to a ground line, you're probably going to want to keep the ground line for at least a little while longer. Yeah, there's still a lot to be said for the good old wire running on the poles or buried in the ground into your neighborhood. It's still still the fast way to get your Internet. Probably also be a little bit more cheaper, a little bit more reliable. You know, Starlink is still promising the moon, still think they're going to be able to to beat that one day. But, you know, at least for now, they're in a comfortable second place. Moving along, this is a little bit in, in your wheelhouse. The autonomous trucker, too simple, logged its first no-human road test. This is pretty cool. So, too simple uh, is a startup autonomous vehicle company. And they are specializing in freight traffic as opposed to trying to specialize in personal vehicles. And for the first time ever, they had an 80-mile run with no human on board and no human intervention. This is a really big deal because to this point in time, all of the autonomous truck runs we've seen have had a person sitting right there in the cab in case something went wrong. But... Too Simple finally got to the point in time where they were very, very confident that their route would work. They wouldn't have to do anything. The truck and the, the computer alone were capable of solving all the problems that it was going to run into. And they were right. This is this is a huge step forward. Uh, and this is pretty exciting. Now, to be clear, this was a test. This was all cleared through the Arizona Department of Transportation and the law enforcement. There was a lead vehicle that was about five miles ahead of the truck for the entire route, just scouting in case there was any kind of tragic scene or anything that was really going to be bad. And there was a trailing vehicle about a half mile back that was prepared to jump in and 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 if they needed to take control and get but they didn't have to for the entire 80-mile route. And that's getting on the interstate, off the interstate, going everywhere it needed to go through the traffic signals, on-ramps, off-ramps. It just interacted with other motorists like no big deal. Yeah, and I think it is important to point out the guardrails they had in place. As you pointed out, there was you know the lead truck about five miles ahead. There was the following trucks about a half mile behind. They were sitting there looking out. They, they weren't just throwing it to the wind and saying whatever happens, happens. If something 
too complicated would have come up, they would have been able to uh, adapt to it, but they were they were ready. Everything worked. Everything was fine. They handled it. And this is a really important step forward because, as we've talked about in the past, this autonomous freight, this autonomous long-haul trucking, that's where you're going to see this first. Before you see it coming to personal cars, before you see Uber replacing its drivers, you're going to see those truck routes because this was in Arizona headed to San Diego. That, that El Paso to Los Angeles, that New Mexico to Nevada, those routes that are long, straight shots where it's just you and some coyotes, people, humans already aren't fond of that route because it is so boring. And it's also so simple, so repetitive. There's not a whole lot of other things that can happen there. That's a prime target for having self-driving cars and self-driving trucks. And so... You know, we, we're really starting to see the gears beginning to turn in this process. I'm quite certain they chose Arizona and and the Southern California over to San Diego because it was a climate controlled area where it they they weren't worried about rain. They weren't worried about high mountains or snow or any of those kinds of things. They knew they were going to get sunshine for the probably one hour, hour and a half, you know, that the, the trip took to get from A to B. But still, that's a good thing. Oh, absolutely. You're totally right. They are trying to control for as many variables as they possibly can. And then slowly over time, they're going to add one more variable, one more variable, one more variable, because they want to make sure that everything works. There's so many different things that could go wrong. And so you really have to sit there and and perfect and perfect and perfect okay now we'll do one more thing perfect 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 one more thing and that's part of what's taken autonomous vehicles so long and will continue will continue to take them a long time is that there's so many different aspects of driving that could go wrong that we as humans just kind of take for granted and or maybe we as humans aren't very good at them but we've societally accepted the fact that people aren't good at them and we're holding these autonomous vehicles to a much higher standard. It's not just it has to be as good as people, it has to be better and a lot better because people are just, they don't wanna say, oh, well, if it's me driving or the truck, but they're about the same, people will pick themselves 10 times out of 10. But if all of a sudden I can say, you know, crashes will drop by 90%, deaths will drop by 90%, efficiency will go up by 90%, now you start to see the needle moving. And you know, too simple is, as a startup, they're a seven-year-old company. They started in 2015. They've got about 70 autonomous trucks around the, the world, and they've already done over two million miles of road testing. So this is not, and you know, this is not the first time they put a vehicle out there. Oh, by the way, you know, their estimates is that 40% of all trucking costs are truck drivers. So if you can take 40% of the cost out of the out of shipping by, by not having that driver there, well, then all of a sudden that lowers the price of goods. So when you're out there purchasing things, when you click on that Amazon or whatever that, that online you know, order that you make and it has to get shipped across the country, if it's 40% less expensive because it doesn't have to go through trucking or maybe not 40%, but if it's 10% less expensive because you don't have to pay the truck driver, that's not a bad thing. 
Additionally, the autonomous truck just drives more efficiently. Humans, you know, they'll, they'll stop a little bit more. They'll start a little bit more. They aren't going to be quite as consistent with how they apply the gas or the brakes, whereas this vehicle is much smoother. And so simply by being smoother, you're also going to save in fuel costs that way. And so you do really expect to see some of the dollar values to ship things, you know, come down. And this definitely could have an impact. Goods you know, becoming cheaper, especially because right now we're in the middle of this global supply chain kerfuffle. And so there's a number of links in this chain that are struggling right now. And part of it is it's just a driver shortage. It's not that we have a lot of truck drivers and we're going to be replacing a lot of truck drivers. It's we don't have enough and we're going to be meeting this unmet demand with autonomous vehicles. That's the first thing that'll come. And so we'll start to see things get delivered faster because we're just going to clean up a lot of this, this waste, this a lot of this waiting. That's the first place we'll see a lot of the benefits from autonomous trucking. That's going to be exciting. And I know, I know you're going to be a big part of that. I'm excited. Another thing that's exciting, frightening, scary, nauseous, a whole lot of other adjectives we could throw at it is Facebook's Meta. And they opened up their first virtual reality social platform called Horizon Worlds. Technically, it's Meta's Facebook, but yes, their VR social platform Horizon Worlds is now open to, uh, to beta streaming. Starting Thursday, people anywhere in the U.S. and Canada who are 18 and up will be able to access the Quest app free without an invitation. If you're in, and this is mostly in the U.S. and Canada that you're going to be able to do this from. It's they're they're kind of rolling it out in their beta, if you I guess you will. It, it's a, somewhat of a private beta, if you will. Well, the um, just to, to to describe what it is a little bit more. The uh, This article describes it as a mix of Roblox and the Oasis VR from Ready Player One. So we talked two weeks ago about our thoughts on Roblox and kind of what our fears are for that platform. And you can really see a lot of the flaws and the failures of Roblox get directly transported into the metaverse. And so this is already a thing where scared of and then you know okay well the oasis vr from ready player one that was that was a bit more optimistic take on what virtual reality will look like so maybe some of the good will come out of that but that's that's kind of the type of you know imagery that you should be thinking about if you're familiar with those two um, versions of what virtual reality could look like you know the the picture that that comes along came along with the article there's your your avatar, but it's only from the waist up. You don't see the legs on these characters, and and that's kind of awkward. It's kind of almost like like the Wii characters, if you remember those. And and so you're you're looking creepy to begin with, because you're only half there. And you're kind of able to design this to look a little bit like yourself or as close as it can to look like yourself kind of thing. I'm I'm just, you know, I don't know what, you know, they talk about creation is 
is kind of the product. So be excited about the, the horizon worlds. Well, I think also, you know, you talk about trying to get your character to look like you. I think there's going to be a large, you know, number of people who are trying to get their character to not look like them. Trying to get their character to look like anything, you know, vaguely humanoid. My guess is there's going to be people who have their characters look like aliens or, or robots or monsters or just other people. Because that's what the internet is. It's people who are saying, okay, you know, sometimes it's fun to me. Sometimes it's fun to be me in real life. Sometimes I want to be someone else. And that's going to lead to all kinds of interesting problems is how do you know that the person on the other end of that avatar is who they say they are? And at what point does it matter? What point does it not matter? These are all kinds of like big, complicated questions that Meta seems to not even care to address. There's a lot of problems that they're not trying to address. And one of the problems that they did not address was sexual harassment. This story came out almost the day after the Horizon World was released to folks that there is a woman who is saying she was being virtually groped. Her character, her, her avatar, she was in a room with her, her, her brother-in-law and her husband and some other guy comes in there and this other guy is groping her in this virtual world. And this, you know, sexual harassment is sexual harassment, whether it's virtual or in real life. This is a big problem. If Meta can't even guarantee the safety and, and security of its testers whenever there's a couple dozen of them, what is it going to do when there's millions or billions of people in all of these interactions occurring simultaneously? How are you going to have privacy how are you going to have security how are you going to have enforcement of these things which still respects people's privacy so that you're not always monitoring every single thing i do but still creating an environment where i feel safe and comfortable there has to be some mixture here and this just seems so far out, outside the bounds of what meta is thinking about right now especially because this woman she was asking this person who was approaching her and he just kept getting closer and closer and his hands started you know rubbing her chest virtually and she's asking this person to stop and this person wasn't and i can imagine how creepy this was just to be watching that and and to hear this this virtual almost rape if you will i mean this is a really bad thing sexual harassment's bad period don't let this conversation misunderstand in any kind of way condoning sexual harassment this is horrible and there's no way to police this it's it's really going to take a lot of systems built in by meta this is going to take a tremendous amount of thinking on their part this is completely unacceptable in its current state and it, it leaves me with no faith going forward that they are going to be able to protect the safety, protect the comfort uh, of its users. And I really worry about what happens going forward that we're entering into a wild, wild west scenario when it shouldn't be. There should be rules, there should be order, but I, I just don't know what's gonna happen.
and short of putting a buffer zone where you can't to get too close to anybody else that's the only way that i can see this happening and we want to thank general informatics for sponsoring our show general informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider, delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the Southeast United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 100 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services team can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strengths. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show today or you want to go back and hear us as a podcast, check out any previous episodes available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Music, Amazon Music, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe to get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show, you have any suggestions, or you have a question, shoot us a text, 225-255-0431. If we use your question as the question of the week, we will send you a free Tech Gumbo mug. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.